everyone. Welcome to the Extra Credits Podcast, where we search for meaning in your favorite movies and shows. I'm Kelsey. And I'm Trey. And today we are talking about Emmy nominations, predictions, our thoughts. Uh, This is a really fresh reaction. The nominations just came out. Uh, So I'm excited to talk about some of these shows that that came out this year that I kind of forgot came out this year. Yeah, it's been a long year of television. We've gotten so many shows this year that were like halted in production during COVID. And it's been a wonderful year of TV. But before we do get into that, we do want to do a quick plug, a little self plug. We've been doing a lot of different pods on the extra credits recently. And over, over the past month, we went from Alex Garland's Men and did a deep dive on that movie. If you didn't like it, listen to our pod. We think you'll get some more insight from us and maybe like it a little bit more. We did the Stranger Things stuff. That took a long time. Love season four. Yes. Shout out all Stranger Things content. Did the Toy Story franchise, reviewed Lightyear. We had a little bit of a, you know, maybe some different opinions on Lightyear and our rankings. I'm pretty sure I won those. Trey did win, but I still think that I won the Toy Story ranking. It wasn't close. (laughs) We also reviewed one of our favorite films this year with the co-writer and lead actor of that film, All My Friends Hate Me, the actor being Tom Sturton. He was wonderful to have on the podcast. That was a lot of fun. And then recently, we just did a deep dive on Thor Love and Thunder. So we've had a lot of different content on the podcast recently. Yeah, superhero, movie, allegory television tv shows yeah Yeah. so check it out it's been a long half year we do have some more stuff coming out yeah definitely subscribe so that way you can see our our next episodes uh coming up we're gonna look at the bear that we've already watched but we're really excited to review and have a surprise recommendation and content for you on that one and that shows on hulu i think it premiered on fx but it's on hulu so if you haven't watched the bear yet uh you should go check it out and then come back listen to our conversation about it and then we also are going to do a podcast coming up about the top movies in 2022 so far. And we already did a part one of that kind of like the best movies we had seen in really early 2022. Yeah, back in May. Yeah, like After Gang, All My Friends Hate Me. Ambulance. Ambulance. <laughs> <laughs> the Batman, Everything Everywhere. Yeah. yeah. So we, we talked about that for sure. But on the new ranking um because we've seen a lot more movies like we saw marcel the shell last night yeah uh we've we've just had so many great movies that we've seen on like streaming and in theaters we've caught up on a lot of international features too yeah and so we're gonna do a ranking game because trey and i are a little competitive and i want to come back to uh (laughs) you know get him get back at him for my toy story ranking are we gonna do like a top 20 probably probably a top 20 because we've seen i think my letterbox shows 35 movies this year so it's been a lot yeah I think you've, you've watched a, a few more than me. Yeah. Okay. So top um, 20, that's doable. But yeah. So yeah. So we're going to do that. So definitely stick around. And if you haven't subscribed to either Apple, Spotify, or wherever you listen to your podcasts, please do that. Um, it just helps us out. And we want to create a community. Um, we're both teachers and we love talking about movies and shows and love hearing from you too. Uh, thank you so much to everyone who has reached out about like what you'd love us to, to do a pod on or what you want us to watch. Um, so Yeah. Thanks for listening. Okay, let's talk about Emmy nominations. Good. Okay, so top nominations of TV this year. We have 25 nominations for Succession, one of our favorite TV shows of all time. I love Succession. Yeah, and not to be like generic about it, but like I also don't know what else to say about Succession besides the fact that it's like one of the most amazing things I've ever seen on television. Also with Succession, it's really interesting and it's something, you know, when someone talks about it, like they found a song or they found a movie, 
Um, <laughs> I feel like I found success. <laughs> you, you really, you really, though you really, no, it did. actually is really, you know, obviously kind of annoying when your friend feels like they found something you're like, everyone loves that. Right. Yeah. But there was a huge shift in when I loved succession yes. where I felt like I was telling people about it and they had no idea what it was. And then it boomed rightfully. So yeah. in, on social media, on podcasts. And obviously I'm so happy, you know? Um, but I, I feel like that's my, my, uh, it is one of my favorite shows ever. When you watched the first season, I remember you showed me like the first and second episode and I felt like shit. And I was like, I'm not watching this show. (laughs) (laughs) And then I got through the first season and I was like, is Kendall Roy, my father? (laughs) (laughs) I was like, this is amazing. Uh, okay. Yeah. Yeah, Lots of, lots of daddy issues to relate to and succession for everyone. And yes, I think also, I mean, we'll talk about succession as it goes on 25 nominations. It's a lot, but it's really cool because a lot of people do have that feedback of, I do don't like the show because I don't like how it makes me feel. Exactly. Yeah. And I think that if you're a succession lover, which I'm assuming a lot of people are who are listening, that that's kind of like the point. And it's, it's just so fun because of the character's journeys, mm-hmm. but you still are actively understanding that you don't need to like agree with what they're doing their philosophy <laughs> yeah it's an odd premise because you're not supposed to like any character in fact like not to spoil anything and this won't but you think you're going to like characters and then you end up being like oh they got me the writers got yeah. me yeah like these are all this is a shitty family <laughs> and this is like how aristocracies work don't get too close you're like, gonna get burned yes okay the second amount of nom- total amount of nominations here is 20 nominations to ted lasso and white lotus both tv shows we have not checked out well that's not true we saw an episode or two of white lotus we did yeah yeah so we thought that show was interesting we didn't keep on with it and that'll be true for some shows on this list Hacks had 17 nominations i have not seen hacks but there is a big fan across from me right now yes i have just asked Trey so many times to watch hacks, uh, similar to like when I, when I asked him to watch pen 15 with oh me my God. for so long. And then I finally got him to sit down in front of it. Hacks is not at the same caliber of, of weirdness or mm-hmm. our comedy, uh, in absurdity for as pen 15 for me, but I love hacks. I'll talk about it more as we go into nominations. I'm realizing that you're the TV person as doing this podcast, yeah. because I feel like I've held it down with showing us where movies to watch next because I'm crazy and like I'm letterbox 24 <laughs> seven, but you've like really held the television down. Yeah. Hacks. I'm excited to watch pen 15 was one of the most surprising pieces of content I've seen in years. So that was a ton of fun. I can't, I hope, hopefully we can see more of those actors in the future. Um, and then we have only murders in the building with 17 nominations. Those are the top five. Now that, that show we watched an episode or two for two. And that was interesting. I think we watched the first episode at the beginning of the pandemic for only murders in the building. Yeah. That's the show with Gomez, mm-hmm. right? I never watched that. I watched the first episode and it was really funny. I really like Steve Martin. I feel like, who doesn't like Steve Martin? I feel Martin. like we never watch TV apart. Yeah. I I'm, mean, except for me when I watch my comedies, but I feel like when you're watching TV, I'm always there watching There was a moment in time in which you were like loving Pen15 and Succession at the same time. And that was like <laughs> when I wasn't into either of them and I was watching random stuff. Okay. Nobody yeah, wants to that, hear this anymore. <laughs> <laughs> but Only Murders in the Building, that's so interesting because when I saw it, nothing against Selena Gomez, but I just felt like the vibe was going to be very... Uh, kind of like sitcom-y just by the, even like the colors that yeah. they chose for the poster of the show. And so I was surprised to see that basically different like podcasters or people who write about shows and movies that they liked it so much that like content that like I like also that yeah. is similar. And so I'm excited to check that out. I think 
I am going to, I, I, I'm trying not, I'm trying to hold back on this because now we're entering into our snubs category and I have a lot of strong feelings right now, Kelsey. <laughs> we're, we missed one of our favorite shows ever. Okay. Right next to succession was a biggest snub of this Emmy uh, nominee nominations. Can you want to tell everybody what it is? It is station 11. Can you believe that? Y'all? I recommended this show to everyone who would listen. Yeah, um, you tried. I feel, I feel like no one watched. Yeah. No, <laughs> no one watched. Um, that's not, actually not true. I got, I got some of my coworkers to, to check it out. Yeah. 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 But there's also, um, I, we both are teachers and there's also a, a book of station 11. Yeah. 2014 is being added to our book clubs. I think maybe, I don't mm-hmm. know. I've seen it around the workroom, but I, I loved Station Eleven. I think we'll maybe we'll talk about it more when we get into the limited series uh, that were nominated above it. Mm-hmm. But just like be, like beautiful content, and I know that it maybe sounds like cheesy uh, or sentimental, but it was beautifully shot. It had a beautiful concept. I it didn't have like this really perfect bow tied on it, like maybe other movies or shows or just content in general does, because it feels like uh, you know audiences want this really clear ending or this like big uh, punch at the end. Yeah. And it was just a wonderful watch. It also hit us in a moment in the pandemic where everyone was very isolated. True. And it was about found family and accepting your neighbors. And that made it all the more distressing of a watch, but also sort of beautiful toward its end. And not to spoil, spoil anything, but the ending doesn't actually fulfill a lot of what TV audiences want, like what Kelsey's saying. Yeah, and you can check that out on HBO. And the next snub, sort of, uh, is on Hulu. Yeah, that's a snub. It's Under the Banner of Heaven. A show where there is a murder that takes place and Detective Pyrie, Jeb Pyrie, played by Andrew Garfield, who was the only nomination uh, for this TV show, is battling a crisis of faith because of this murder that also makes him question his role in law enforcement. Yeah, it's great. Yeah, it's a great and, plot. And I think the reason it's a snub is because the show was not nominated. And then mm-hmm. we also had a really stacked cast. We had Daisy Edgar Jones as Brenda Lafferty. She's been killing it lately. Yeah, she has been in everything. Fresh, Sebastian Stan. We talked about that in our, our 2022 early movies. And we love normal people. Yeah, that was her first role. Yeah. So good. And then we also had Gil Brigham as Bill Taba, mm-hmm. who was Andrew Garfield's partner in this another great performance very internalized always kept me on edge a little bit yeah i loved the the dialogue between andrew garfield yes that, um, yeah not to spoil anything but there's a mcdonald's scene that always makes me laugh <laughs> and then we had alan lafferty the husband played by billy howell a truly like six man of the year award to yes. this guy billy howell <laughs> i've never seen him in anything but my guy can act he was he was putting Andrew Garfield in a corner at one point like I was like what is going on right now like he was killing it yeah and he was able to go from this like really erratic feeling to just like tears in a moment yeah you didn't know whether you trusted him or not throughout the whole movie I mean show it was great and then we had all the Lafferty brothers the whole gang of Lafferty yeah they're all great it's so nuts we had Sam Worthington as Ron Lafferty who you might know from a little film called Avatar the last airbender (laughs) oh the James Cameron flick and Wyatt Russell as Dan Lafferty 
who you might know as from ev- evil Captain America, evil Captain America, <laughs> uh, from that shield scene in the, in the square. Uh-huh. And then we had Rory Culkin, another Culkin. Culkin's just on fire. Yes. As Samuel Lafferty. Do we know how many Culkin brothers there are in total? There's also another Lafferty brother. I'm forgetting his name, but there are three brothers. I think I could be wrong. It's a big family. I'm looking it up. Oh, wow. There's a lot of Culkins. Okay. We'll have to do this later then. There's a lot of Culkin siblings, (laughs) but we had Rory and then we also had Kieran uh, in succession. Yes. But okay. So those those are the Lafferty brothers who I think maybe deserved a little bit more, especially Wyatt Russell as Dan Lafferty. Is this ensemble better than Succession this year? Oh my God, don't do that to me. Because Succession really focused on the siblings this year. They didn't give everybody the, the mic. You know what I'm saying? I think the reason why it's not is because of the tone of succession. The tone, the, the show premise of succession is so different. It feels like uh, kind of what suits would be in the early two thousands or oh, mid two thousands wow. where succession suits, is a new, uh, obviously love suits, but succession feels like a new type of show, right? Like a mm-hmm. new genre. And this is a, a familiar genre, but is so interesting because of the dialogue, because of the main characters, the detective's internal crisis and how he's dealing with a specific case and his community. And it, so I, I think that this show has a new kind of spin on detective content. Yeah. But ultimately, the reason that this show is not the ensemble isn't better is because of the tone of succession yeah. and the comedy in succession. Okay. That's good. But take. this is a, they all have very chilling performances. All the brothers. Um, I won't say anymore cause I don't want to spoil it. You have to go check it I, out. I, I do want to shout out. Uh, did you already name the woman? Chloe, I did not. Chloe Paris as Matilda Lafferty. And then Denise go as Diana Lafferty, Denise go as Diana Lafferty. I believe Diana Lafferty was the one who had a performance at the end of this TV show yes. where we were like, holy shit, who is this person? Like she had a moment, uh, some kind of monologue where we were like, not, this isn't a spoiler, but we both like sat back in our seats and we're like, she could tell us whatever to do, whatever, like go, <laughs> go get her a soda from across the room. I'd be like, yes, like, yes, ma'am. You got it. Like yeah, she it was, was really good. serious. So go check out under the banner of heaven on Hulu. And now I'm going to list a couple more snubs. Okay. We own the city, HBO, Dave, Hulu, Atlanta, Hulu pachinko apple plus which i'm really confused about like the numbers of how many people have apple plus i feel like they've been doing a lot of deals of like get apple plus free for three months i think apple plus is one of those streamers that people are like wait i have apple plus like I didn't, <laughs> where do i get it wait i got a new verizon phone does that mean it comes with apple plus i don't know if i'm just projecting my own yeah, <laughs> issues I about know. apple plus <laughs> i don't know how many people have apple plus yeah and then, do we have apple plus <laughs> do, do we no we do we do um we do but i never remember the password okay reservation dogs hulu Mm -hmm. and our flags flag means death hbo okay so which one do you want to like talk about well we should say first dave is one of our favorite comedies of the past few years and i'm not sure if it falls under these emmy nominations yeah the years are confusing yeah because i believe it's may to june of whatever year you catch that show um and i think Dave came out in May or June. So I was struggling. I put that on here on the list, but that could be wrong. I apologize if it is. But also I don't because last year it wasn't nominated <laughs> either. So Dave just needs more love. And this isn't like some, like we're not like little dicky stands or something. Like this is just like a good TV show. And yeah. weirdly battles grief and like very introspective uh, trauma in the second season. And maybe like an identity like uh, 
issue or what am I thinking identity crisis like little Dickie's having a literal identity crisis in the second season so yeah this is a show where I was nervous about the second season Mm -hmm. because I didn't think it could top the first season and while I still like the first season better I think oh wow I think how Dave um or little Dickie David Bird yeah right that's his name Dave Bird Dave Bird sorry uh, he goes into these really interesting themes and still includes like the comedy there. But ultimately at the end of season two, there's this really awesome scene that I feel like you see in movies like Annihilation or <laughs> like other sci-fi mm-hmm. films. Mm-hmm. And it was, I thought really well done and something that it I felt still Alex think Garland-y. about. Yeah, it did yeah. really. It, it's more that I cried at the end of season two <laughs> and I did not cry. See, I, I cried in season one from laughing. Like season one is objectively funnier than season two, yeah, but season sure. two hit me because it kind of the first few episodes, you got to kind of like find your way in there because it is kind of slow and it's a little depressing. And yeah. by the end of like episode two, you're like, do I hate little Dickie? Yeah, like there's what's going on? There's a lot of anxiety and, and a lot of noise, background noise yes. put into the, the scenes. And you realize it's like very purposely created that way. It's manufactured for you to, to be introspective like little Dickie, especially as a white audience. If you're white watching little Dave, like it is very much for specifically a white audience to self-reflect on maybe things like appropriation. And, and that's a huge theme in that show. So go watch that if you haven't. Um, I guess besides that, We Own the City is a show that people love this year. Yeah, definitely. And I think it's gotten a lot of love too, just from as far as hearing just conversationally or anecdotally what people have loved when I'm talking to people about TV and shows, mm-hmm. I haven't heard station 11 or I haven't really heard under the banner of heaven, not really Dave, but I feel like we own the city. A lot of people loved and we'll see probably more come out about how it's snubbed. It's probably because the concept is so genius. A lot of people have compared it to the wire, but it's, I think it's set in Baltimore and it's about law enforcement as an institution kind of crumbling and, and how that affects a lower socioeconomic class and specifically how that uh, is already marginalizing and already underrepresented community in the black population of Baltimore. And so it's it's dealing with some serious issues of our modern world, our contemporary world. And it's also very well acted in its lead performance by John Bernthal, who I don't believe got nominated. I have to double check. I don't think he was on this list at all. Um, but the rest of the cast is where it kind of gets dicey for me because of the, the way the show is shot. It's so um, time jumpy that I'm never always connected to a specific character enough for me to actually buy into their performance. So it's kind of a struggle to sit through for me. So I got to give it more time. I've only seen half of the season or else we might've seen more than half. We saw through episode four, I believe. Yeah. We still have to finish it, but I felt similar when we were watching it. It was hard for me to connect to characters that I didn't already know, like John Berthal from walking dead, Mm -hmm. uh, because there were so many different time jumps and also just different settings. So like when we were in the police station versus like specifically like the political meetings, those uh, like the transition of power of mayors felt like it was in a different show when I was watching it initially. And so it was tough for me to just kind of get used to it. I I respect the, the time jumps and I respect taking a different kind of approach to TV and, um, and tackling really, major issues that are important to look at specifically like through characters and also systemically mm-hmm. through institutions. But I, I think uh, we'll have more to say once we finish it and I'll be able to really get like a good read on 
my my takes. Yeah, I mean, we watched more than half of the season. I think the only other actor that stood out and character that stood out was, uh, I think it was Detective Sean Souter, and uh, played by Jamie Hector. He was great. Um, and we got kind of more of a backstory with him and his relationship to John Bernthal's character too. That's what we were kind of entering into with episode four and five. So I'm excited to finish it. We just, I think we literally ended up like transitioning into the newest part of Ozark and did a pod on it immediately. Yeah. It's been a lot of TV. Yeah. It was a lot. It was like a huge TV moment and just like work busy moment where we were like, (laughs) okay, we're going to come back to this. But also I think because we needed to give so much attention to the screen Mm -hmm. while we were watching it, we couldn't just like be exhausted yeah. and, and watch it and I, keep up. I remember that was the weekend we also started that show, Minx, or I did, with Jake Johnson, um, which everyone should check out on HBO. And another sh- Australian show with Jamie Dornan, I'm forgetting, where he loses his memory. I forget what that was called, but that was good too. Oh, that was the on tourist, HBO. Yeah. The Tourist, yeah. So I remember being like TV overloaded at that point. <laughs> um, okay, what's next? What else do we want to talk about for snubs? Uh, Atlanta? I mean- yeah, so we haven't we have some shows here that we want are like basically saving because when we watch we watch a lot of movies, but when we watch shows, we know we'll get invested. Yeah, Atlanta is <laughs> one of those. Atlanta and Pachinko, I think, are the top two. Yeah, yeah, for this year that we have to go back and watch. We haven't seen those yet. Reservation Dogs is a huge show. It's been a huge wreck by people we trust in podcasts or just friends in general. And Our Flag Means Death is a Taika property, I believe. So we got to check that out too. So those are some shows we haven't seen, but those are snubs that we've seen around. A big year for Taika. Yeah, huge year for Taika. Good and bad, apparently. Well, I'm pro Taika, by the way. Should we state that on the pod? Yeah. Go listen to our <laughs> Thor podcast before this. All right. Should we get into these nominations? Yeah. Okay. So drama series. Let's go with first Better Call Saul, AMC. We're not big Better Call Saul fans. Well, that's not fair. We have never seen the show. And we're not big Breaking Bad fans. Kelsey, you've started that show, right? I did start it a long time ago. And I actually tried to start it twice. And I know that everyone I've tried to start it twice life, as well. My family, Separately. my friends, my coworkers have all said, go watch Breaking Bad. Yeah. And I don't know what it is about it, about it that I'm not able to get into with the first episode. I think it's the teacher. I think it's the teacher. Because we're both teachers and it just really throws me off. Like teacher content in general throws me off because it's never truly highlighting what's wrong with teaching and the job and the profession, like inherently how it's flawed. Instead, it's always like, here's a teacher and here's something crazy that happens on the side. (laughs) Um, And that's basically what they do with Breaking Bad. So I'm just not into that as a plot line. But it's one of those shows too that I know is amazing objectively. So I have to check it out. So it's kind of one of those I keep my back pocket. The next nomination is Euphoria, HBO. So we're in the lucky position to know what 17, 18 year olds think about this show because we're teachers and they think it's absurd. So I found it weird in watching Euphoria and then listening to and reading the reactions from adults about this show because they're talking about this show as if it's like interesting to get insight into the psyche of a Gen Z mindset. Yeah, that's true. That is what I've read too. And that's pretty wild considering like I think Gen Z kind of laughs at the show, even though it's dealing with serious issues. Like it is about mental health and trauma and drugs and um, I guess bullying. And it kind of feels like a mature audience version of 13 Reasons Why. And it's elevated in that way. And I feel like where the show should get a lot of maybe praise is it and it's directing and the way that it's shot and the way that the production is and rather than just and how much they've spent on those episodes is wild too it's like not stranger things level but it's a lot and the performances are great but ultimately it's just such a surreal tv show that i just could not get into it past a few episodes 
Like I was, it was so like sex education is a good example of a show that's already kind of surreal that I'm like into because it doesn't take itself seriously, but it's also educational in ways that Euphoria tries to be, but it's so absurd. Yeah. It's, this is a show that I didn't watch past two episodes either, but I would be interested to ask people who have watched 13 Reasons Why, Sex Education, and Euphoria. Those are like really interesting comparisons to put in kind of like a genre. Mm-hmm. Uh, which show is more educational for an, an adolescence experience? Coming of age story. Yeah. And yeah. like not that shows necessarily have to have the purpose of being educational. But I think what I mean by that is... Like when you're watching a show about coming of age or identity, especially in the the time period of you growing up mm-hmm. or people growing up, right? Uh, which show would maybe have a, a experience where you are reflecting? Yes. Um. And and I would be really interested to hear that that answer from someone who has watched all the shows. And also, interestingly, like you said, how people are really tagging Euphoria onto the a generation. Yeah. And ultimately euphoria just kind of feels like somebody in their thirties or forties is like projecting their childhood experience onto a show, which I get it from that perspective. Um, okay. I think we can move on because we still need to watch that show. Ozark. We've done a lot of coverage about the birds on this podcast. If you like Ozark, check out our season four pod, both part one and part two. Great TV show. One of the best of the past five years. It ended kind of rocky. Right, Kels? Yeah, it was definitely the worst season so far, but... Damn, tough. <laughs> it's still... It's still... uh, Just... It was fun to watch more content on characters that I really like. And ultimately, it was worth it. Like, I don't regret watching it, um, even though it was a little rocky. It was a fun binge on the weekend, though. I don't like that Netflix drops everything, but I do enjoy it, the binge model for things like Ozark. And I did remember, since this was split into two parts when it came out... I do remember liking the second half more and the end of the first half a lot. So I think like if yeah. you are able to binge it all at once or kind of watch it in one segment all at once, both part one and part two, instead of separated like we did, mm-hmm. uh, I think you will like it more than we did. And we would have liked it more if we had that experience. Yeah. Plus, so I mean- go watch those or go listen to those pods too, uh, because we also have a, a little bit of a tiff about Jonah's character arc. Shout out Jonah. And also (laughs) Ruth, one of the most iconic characters in television history. Yes. Okay. Severance, Apple TV plus. Mm, Not much to say about Severance because I really think everything's already been said about it. People love Severance. It's one of the highest rated shows of the year. It's incredibly acted. The production's amazing. The direction style is amazing. Ben Stiller's done a great job with that show. We got through a few episodes. I keep forgetting that Ben Stiller did that. Yeah. My guy is really good at a lot of things, but We really liked the first few episodes of Severance. We didn't finish it, much like a few other shows on this list, mostly because of everything going on (laughs) content-wise in this podcast being mostly movies. Um, But it's a great show. I have no no other comments. Yeah, it's just a really slow burn. And I think I oftentimes when I come home and want to watch a TV show after work, I want to watch something a little more exciting. Not necessarily an escape, even though all TV and content is in a way, but... I feel like, well, I take that back. I take that back. Okay. If anything, it's enriching for our lives. But I feel like with Severance, it was just such a slow burn that I had a tough time coming back to it or or being like, okay, I want to watch this hour of maybe one or two things happening. Yeah. I mean, shout out Adam Scott, though, getting his Oscar or sorry, not Oscar, hopefully one day, his Emmy nomination. 
Okay, what but else? Yeah, do we but I have? really do want to. We have to finish that. Squid Game is next on Netflix. Uh, yeah, one of the biggest phenomenons of the year. One of the best shows of the year, right, Kelson? I think it's one of the best shows of the year. Yes. Yeah, I mean, a show that tackles like socioeconomic class conflict and does it through this absurd premise of a game show where you can. I guess I don't want to spoil it, but just go watch it if you haven't seen it. It was cool because it like transcended generations. Like young people were watching it, old people were watching it, in between people like us were watching it. And it was just across demographics and across generations. And I think it's the first South Korean show to be nominated in the Emmys. I saw one of the first Asian shows to be nominated for the Emmys, but I got to double check that. But what did you like about Squid Game? Yeah, I love Squid Game. I don't want to spoil too much, even though I feel like a lot of people have seen it. Uh, so we'll talk more about it as we when we actually get the results of the Emmys. But I feel like when I watched this on Netflix, which is something that's really popular and a lot of people have access to, I was like, where was content like this when I was growing up? Like, imagine being able to watch Squid Game mm-hmm. um, instead of maybe the more like TNT dramas that we had growing up. Uh, I'm so jealous. I mean, I love my suits, you know, I love my dramas on USA network. I love psych big monk guy, but if I would have had squid game, my mind would have been blown. Also, I would have been thinking about the world completely differently. <laughs> if I saw the a show like that. Also, it's the first non-English show to be nominated in the Emmys for the drama category. So yeah. And also that. with squid game, I know there was a lot of, uh, like talk about watching it in English dubs and maybe getting some like things wrong. Oh yeah. If you don't watch uh, things with closed captions, just in general, I just got to put it out there because it has changed my movie and viewing TV show experience to like know what's happening. Yeah. No specific meanings. Um, so I, I'm a, we are closed caption people. Yeah. I think we, I think people though universally are coming to terms with that. Like, I think everyone just, like I said that the other day, I think to a group of people and everybody was like, Oh yeah, I watch movies with closed captioned at home. I'm like, is that the future? Are we going to have closed captioned in theaters? And I always buy the movie tickets when we see movies like every day at, at theaters, but there's more and more closed caption options. Nobody wants to hear this. This is not good podcast. That's content. awesome. Yeah. But there are like every day I see it's like, oh yeah, there's this one showing at like 4, 10 PM of closed captions. I'm like, wow, yeah, that's amazing. Not only for people so who, accommodating. who need it, but yeah. also just in, in general, like I, you, there's so many whispers and, and shows and movies that you don't know what they're saying. A show where there's not a lot of whispers in succession is next on this list. HBO, lots of screams in succession. <laughs> uh, we've already talked about succession season four or season three was amazing. I think Kelsey, you said you like season two more. I yeah I think season two is my favorite season uh, because of the ending of season two but I do I did really appreciate season three and the idea there were some like COVID definitely shots that I I noticed Mm -hmm. but I loved the idea like at the beginning of season three there were moments of all the siblings in one room Yes, the donuts yeah (laughs) like those those little moments and the kind of like familial like stressor horror moments Mm -hmm. in the in the show I really loved a lot for season three and also kind of like the, the connection between the siblings who have a really messed up relationship, um, was, was great. And then also I, I don't want to spoil the ending in case I guess people haven't seen it. Cause we're doing a, a mainly no spoiler pod since right. the Emmy nominations are basically for people to go watch these before the Emmys come out with their, with their the decisions. Wins. Yeah. In September. Yeah. But if you haven't seen Succession season three or Succession in general, I just can't recommend it enough. Like, go watch it. Yeah. Um, you can't break some 
We, what is what it? Is it break some uh, <laughs> You can't have eggs, a Tomlet some Greggs? without breaking some Greggs. Greggs. <laughs> <laughs> also, just shout out Matthew McFadden. We'll get to him in a little bit for getting an Emmy nomination here. But he killed it as Tom this season. Like, he was the all-star. And the last show, Kels, of the drama series. Wait, you totally skipped Stranger Things. Did I? Go check out our Stranger Things content. We just did a whole... <laughs> Season four, four was great. We, Kelsey, I counted the minutes. We did like four and a half hours on Stranger Things, like over the past two Deserved. weeks. Deserved. Deserving. Yeah. I mean, season four was the best season, I think, to both of us. Season one is amazing, but I think it is pretty tight at that second place. And then three and two, I think you can go in that order. So yeah. four, one, three, two. I think, I mean, I know a lot of people love season one because it was so nostalgic and just a lot of fun and felt really fresh. Yeah. And I also kind of am veering season one, season four, but ultimately season four, having a human like villain was the game changer. Yeah. And also kind of talking about like what the kids are going through instead of this like boogeyman under the bed. Yeah. I think that that's why it's the standout season to me. You did a really good job of like bordering, teetering, spoiling without doing it at all. Like if I've never seen Stranger Things, I'm going to be like pumped to see what you just said. (laughs) Um, (laughs) Okay. The last show on this drama series, which I am ecstatic about, Yellow Jackets. We were on this early. We had a whole podcast on this. One of our first pods ever we did was a deep dive on Yellow Jackets. It's like a, it's a throwback to nineties and uh, a show that follows a group of high school girls who are thrown into a really difficult situation where they are forced to uh, be very competitive in order to survive with really going well with those no spoilers there. Yeah. I'm really trying not to spoil it for anyone, but it's one of the best shows of the year. And it's one of the most exciting shows in years. So I'm excited for season two. I'm excited for whatever Yellow Jackets has to throw at me. I think Showtime has their own Stranger Things in Yellow Jackets. I think they should double down on all Yellow Jackets content. This is also a show, I think, where a lot of times flashbacks really take me out of the show. Yeah. And also younger actors and older actors playing the same part take me out of the show. Mm -hmm. This show does that so well. Like the, the younger performances and the older performances, they match up. And if anything, they kind of like build on each other. And it's really, really just a fun watch and uh, scary. Specifically, Sophie Thatcher, who plays Natalie, is amazing. That's younger Natalie Kels to Juliette Lewis. She is probably, I think, the runaway star from the young actors. I think uh, Jasmine Savoy Brown has gotten a lot of love, who plays young Thaisa in that show. She was in the most recent Scream film and was great in that. But all the adult actors in this, the top, the main three which is Melanie Linsky, who got an Emmy nom uh, this year, actually, for the show. Christina Ricci and Juliette Lewis. Truly awesome. Like, it was so cool to see these people who were in past content that we've seen over the past two decades, really, and just come on this show out of nowhere and just kill it. So I agree with you. Usually, I am a little bit nervous about time jumps and young cast versus older cast of the same character, but this show keeps me in all the way. Yeah, and also, I want to shout out Tawny Cypress, the older Thaisa. Uh, weirdly, oh, yeah. she's not in the... I know. I think you're reading from the cast oh, yeah, in, yeah, on yeah. Google because I was just looking it up really, really quick, too, but her uh, plot line... I'm so glad you said her name because I completely she, forgot. Well, first, she was she's just great in her performance, yeah. but her plot line was so interesting um and i this is where like the they didn't come back to uh, some things that her character was going through throughout the season and i'm excited to see what happens in season two because they're when they were in the i don't want to spoil but anyway there was a (laughs) a horror element that really i was like terrified while i was watching these Mm -hmm. yeah okay 
that was the drama series. On to the comedy Wait, series, unless think? you want to give a prediction. Should we give like a prediction? Yeah. Sure. Do you want me to go first or are you ready? Um, You can go first. Okay. My favorite show of the year was Squid Game from Netflix. I think that was my... That was the moment where I was glued to the TV. I think that was in the fall, I believe, like around October for us. And I remember kind of going through a rough, there was like a rough work time. It was the beginning of the school year and I was stressed and I came home. <laughs> we All the kids were saying all week, Mr. Flynn, you got to watch Squid Game. Flynn, you got to check out this cr- crazy show, this game show, people die in it. I'm like, this sounds disgusting. I'm not going to watch the show. And I get home. I'm like, let's just turn it on one episode. I'm like, oh wait, this is like a really high concept, exciting show that I'm surprised because it's a it's a uh, international TV show from South Korea that has caught on so quick. And Netflix did their due diligence and pushed it as, over the weekend so fast that same weekend it came out and it became a, a renowned sensation, world-renowned sensation. So it was so exciting to watch that. And it felt like a moment this year to watch Squid Game, a little bit like Stranger Things, but more so. Squid yeah. Game. And I think I was surprised too, because usually when we get recommendations from our students, it's like Outer Banks or like, and no hate on Outer Banks, but it's mm-hmm. not as like, I guess, high concept sure. content. Yeah. And so Squid Game, I think is also my pick, but just to switch it up a little bit, I'm going to go Succession. Nice. Um, I don't, although I don't think that season three is better than Squid Game. So Squid Game is my ultimate pick but I guess I'll give a shout That's out cheating. to Succession <laughs> season three. I also want to give a shout show. out to Yellow and- <laughs> Jacket, Succession, Ozark. <laughs> okay. All right. So your your ultimate pick was what? Succession? No. You're going to pick Squid Game? Okay. But I was, I was trying to differentiate, okay, so we don't just pick the That's same nice thing. That's nice of you. But I do think Succession is special. So yes. I, I almost want to go with that. Okay. The comedy series. We have Abbott Elementary on ABC. We actually did a podcast on Abbott Elementary. We uh, did a quick review of a, a, from a teacher's perspective of that show at the beginning of our pod. I think it was one of our first podcasts right next to Yellow Jackets. So scroll back for that one if you're interested. Um, I definitely recommend it because we, I think, thoroughly analyzed the first six to seven episodes we saw of Abbott Elementary and kind of just gave our take on maybe our negative feelings toward watching cable television profit off of teachers and a lack of pay and maybe the, the multifaceted uh, duties and responsibilities of a job that is not equitably paid. And like just seeing a TV show kind of talk about how teachers are kind of happy with their situation because ultimately they're doing it for the kids just felt ultimately very icky because it felt like a cable network like ABC was just kind of talking to parents who wanted to like come home and watch TV and forget about the world for a little bit. And it just felt like they were making money at the expense of like teachers a little bit. Yeah. The issue was that it was not marketed as a workplace comedy. It was marketed as a teacher story. And it was definitely a workplace yeah. comedy. It was like good, yeah. The, that's you a good know, way to put it. The Office, Parks and Rec, uh, with within that like breaking the fourth wall content. Yeah. And it was it was funny. Like we did enjoy it. It's just that we were being recommended the the show as isn't this great that it's honoring the teacher experience yeah. or uh, seeing news outlets talk about like the show as as really showing the day-to-day real experience of teachers. And that's where you got to really draw a bright line Um, because I mean, we don't teach elementary school, but at the same time there was just so much showing like, like you just said, 
showing kind of like the lack of resources, lack of funding, Mm -hmm. the way that teachers are treated day-to-day job exploitation of teachers. And then at the end of the episode, it would say, um, there were lines that said something like, but teachings are calling, you know, this is why we do it. And that's where it felt icky. Like you said, I think for, for me and why ultimately I, I don't love it. Um, but I, I do like it a lot as a workplace comedy, like well, great also characters. as a, as a re- representative story of inner city schools. Like we don't get a lot of those that are like at least honest inner city schools. So that makes sense from that perspective to show it in that way, because it does seem like it is highlighting inequities in those schools and those systems. But, and also obviously the cast is amazing. Like Quinta Brunson is like phenomenal and she's gotten so many nominations in this, this year's Emmys, Janelle James, Tyler James Williams, Cheryl Lee Ralph, Chris Perfetti, Lisa Ann Walter. There's a huge cast here. Uh, and I actually specifically Tyler James Williams, I think is going to maybe blow up from this show. Like everybody's great, but he seemed to be like a weird standout. Yeah. Like his, his comedic <laughs> timing felt like Chris, I mean, I'm just thinking about this with Thor, but Chris Hemsworth-esque, like where I'm like his timing from like kind of making fun of masculinity a little bit is pretty hilarious. So that whole cast is amazing and I, and I love all of their performances, but it's really just the core thesis of the show that makes, I think, both of us uncomfortable. Yeah. I, I, which I think if you're a listener, hopefully understandably, because we're teachers and we just like want to see a show go, hey, you should pay them more instead of trying to buy them like pencils or like a carpet for their classroom because yeah. like that isn't enough vote responsibly okay yeah like band-aids comedy <laughs> yeah Ugh, sucks okay uh next show barry hbo we watched a good amount of barry season one we did and so this is where i think when trey was talking about like i watch more tv sometimes i think it's more so that i just watch more comedies okay. like as yeah. tv than you do you do really like comedies yeah like i feel like barry we both really loved but i really liked a lot more and it's mm-hmm. just because it fits this like specific niche of of shows it's in season three i only watched the first couple episodes of season one but i've always wanted to come back to it but it has this kind of like almost sitcom-y but not um like absurdity that you have to really buy into the comedic world like while you're watching you have to fully commit to knowing like this is a wild premise and I know I'm watching something like maybe Pen15 or Portlandia where I'm fully, I have to step into the world and like be there. Right. Well, and Bill Hader also, just him in general, if you told me there's a show that centers around Bill Hader, like I'm in. And I did watch a lot of that season one with you. And I do agree that it does kind of have that weird genre blend of of making you kind of stay on edge of what kind of show is this is this gonna have stakes it feels like there are stakes and apparently which i don't know anything it's never been spoiled for me which is nice season three was iconic like people loved it so i'm excited to catch up with that show me too the next one is curb your enthusiasm on hbo season 11 which is wild Wild. shout shout out larry david who who doesn't really need shout outs but (laughs) but shout out um also a show that Kelsey's into that I that I like, but Kelsey, you seem to like you had a moment during the pandemic again watching this a lot. Yeah, I watched it when it was coming out and then took a, a long break from it just because I I don't know why. Um, but I started watching it again and it is one of those shows that I laugh out loud like uncontrollably the most too. Yeah. I, I mean, I just think it's genius. Obviously, like I, people have already said this, people already think this, but yeah, we are not special to, for saying that to, Larry David is a good comedian. Yeah. To <laughs> take everyday situations and contradictions and these like feelings that are irrational that you have towards certain things that you have habits around um, and make them into these huge, like dramatic, like illogical, absurd moments. Um, it, 
and conflict. It's yeah. so good. <laughs> yeah, I, I really like Curb Your Enthusiasm. I like the idea that every episode feels a little bit different. Um, and I, yeah, I mean, I have a lot to watch. It's 11 seasons. It's been on for like two decades. Yeah, Trey, uh, which I think is interesting. I'm not trying to call you out here, but it when sounds we watch, like you're calling me out. When we watch too I'm much, I'm sure people of think Curb I'm pretentious right now. I'm like not liking comedies. <laughs> when we watch too much of it, you like say that you kind of get sad, which is fair. Yeah, I think it's it sometimes is so almost honest about life and the kind of mundaneness of life and it being absurd that it can make you feel kind of. I I've felt that too, where yeah. it has a a weird effect. There's almost a, there's just a really fine line between being self-reflective and healthy and being funny about it and then being like incredibly cynical and privileged and like Larry David is so impressively always teetering between both of those worlds and never allows you to kind of like hold him accountable for any joke because he doesn't ever go too far because of that and he's just so good at that seesaw effect and like always kind of being balanced if that makes sense at all I don't know if any of that makes sense but like that's where I always find myself I find myself always on this is too cynical for me it feels like a little narcissistic but like I don't think (laughs) I hope nobody's listening to this and being like this guy thinks Larry David's narcissistic (laughs) like I understand it's the whole joke that's his character um, but he plays it pretty close to the vest. All right. Uh, the next show, Hacks. Kelsey, right. do you want to vent about this I real quick? I got this one. Okay. So I had seen Hacks just recommended on HBO when I open it all the time. Yeah, they're good and at that. And <laughs> I got really lucky. I don't know if anyone has ever been in this situation where you start to watch it, not when it comes out, but when you have a full two seasons to watch, like it mm-hmm. just came out. So now you get to binge it all. And that is exactly what I did. I watched the first episode and it was I didn't really like know if it was going to go into a comedy world that was going to be repetitive um, just because I hadn't seen a comedy in a long time that wasn't already like successful that people were raving about and I hadn't heard as much about hacks but it has uh, Gene Smart as Deborah Vance Hannah Endenbinder I don't think I'm saying that right as Ava Daniels uh, who are the two main characters and a lot of really funny support uh supporting characters like Jimmy Paul Downs who's also I think a writer for the show okay and um we also have uh Megan Stalter as uh Kayla as his assistant just really really good is that the one who blew up on Twitter yeah yeah, okay really funny um and Deborah Vance's assistant uh Marcus Carl Clemens Hopkins uh where we get more of a comedy merging into a story about found family and so it's really like sentimental uh in in parts and and nice and just absurd and kind of honest about like family dynamics mm-hmm. and I I just really loved it I just read the plot it sounds amazing I, I had no idea that that that's what it was about just what found family no, I see that it's about uh, an, an aging comedian who is a mentor to a young comedy writer. Yeah. And how pretentious they are and entitled. Okay, I'm in. That sounds fun. It's really fun. I like yeah. how this pod's turning into like TV Rex. We're going to have to title this something interesting. <laughs> All right. The next show is The Marvelous Mrs. Maisel. Season four, Amazon Prime Video. We watched the first two seasons to Marvelous Miss Maisel. I think we did. When I think two years ago yeah i guess that would make sense for season two uh great show just didn't catch up with season three because we got so busy last year or the year before but apparently season four is like up there maybe the best season of the show i heard that's so surprising yeah apparently the people four. i was listening to i think it was the watch shout out andy and chris on the ringer podcast network but the watch was talking about season four being one of the best seasons of the entire show so i'm excited to check that out again 
The next show is Only Murders in the Building on Hulu, which I think we already talked about a little bit. Uh, the next one is Ted Lasso on Apple TV+. Plus. We have not checked out Ted Lasso, but everybody, everyone has told me to watch that show, so I will check it out. And then lastly, What We Do in the Shadows. Like I said, Taika, big fan. I've seen clips of What We Do in the Shadows. It seems like everyone, I was going to say my humor, but it's basically everyone's humor. <laughs> so I'm going to check that one out too. Uh, any predictions on this one, Gals, for comedy series? Uh, I don't feel like I've seen enough as far as like the specific season to give a take. I do think, I mean, Curb Your Enthusiasm has won a lot, but because it's the final season, I think, mm-hmm. um, maybe it will win out. And I think that hack season one, I liked a lot more than season two, even though I think they made a lot of really creative uh, new plot lines in season two. That was interesting. Um, but I haven't seen, you know, only murders in the building, Ted Lasso, what we do in the shadows. Well, Ted Lasso won last year. So okay. for context, I, gotcha. do, I don't think they'll win two years in a row. But I mean, as far as my prediction of what I think uh, people will choose is probably Abbott Elementary uh, or Barry. Interesting. Okay. I agree with you. I do think there's a world in which, because I believe this is Larry David's last season with Curb, right? I do think so. So there is a world. I mean, someone fact check, fact check us with a five-star review on Apple's, but <laughs> I think there's a world in which Curb Your Enthusiasm kind of comes out on top here and people just give Larry David the last Emmy of his career probably. Um, but I agree with you. Barry season three, the film and TV heads, like the real cinephiles or TV files, whatever, seem to love season three of Barry and um, right, rightfully so. And Abbott Elementary, for what the show represents, rightfully so, is going to get a lot of recognition, even if we have teacher critiques about it. And it probably will win. I agree with you. That is my prediction is Abbott Elementary will win the comedy series. Okay. Uh, that's a good prediction because I just saw uh, from Variety that Curb Your Enthusiasm will return for a 12th season. Don't listen to us. <laughs> what do we have a podcast for? <laughs> okay. Limited uh, series. You got this one, right? Limited yeah. series. Okay. So we have a lot of shows that we watched a little bit of and not all of. So we have Dope Stick Hulu, The Dropout Hulu, Inventing Anna Netflix, Pam and Tommy Hulu, and The White Lotus on HBO. Hmm. So the biggest thing here is the snub of Station Eleven, everyone. This is the biggest snub here. And again, if you haven't seen Station Eleven, I don't want to say anything about it um, besides what Trey said about a little bit about the themes at the top. Go watch it. Okay. Yeah, it's honestly impossible to talk about. Like, just trust us. Yeah, it's just so unique. And also, I think it might be one of those shows that people haven't spoiled for you yet. So don't, when you're clicking, be very careful. Don't read the premise uh, uh, on, you know, the, the little excerpt that comes with the show. Just like, you know, sort of press play don't close your read. eyes exactly press play. um try and i try to do this all the time yeah, i don't we know do. If we do it successfully but we're like don't look at the next episodes uh but try to do that go in not knowing anything yeah. okay so let's talk about the lead actors and actresses categories and well do we want to make a prediction for limited series it's a pretty weak five shows there but do we want to make a quick prediction because to be honest i don't know i mean like i'll make well, a prediction based off of the the yes, chatter i exactly. hear um i feel like the white lotus is probably yes. going to win which we tried to watch we did it was another one that kind of like severance even though they are different was a very slow burn uh to watch and yeah. so i didn't want to like return to it immediately even though i do want to finish it because i know a lot of people love it right and then dope sick is that michael keaton show um and I think that's the, the, the opioid crisis or pharmaceutical issue in that show that looks really interesting. But apparently some people had some problems with. I haven't checked that out. The dropout 
interesting. Um, had some friends say that was pretty good. Had read some other things said it was problematic. Haven't checked it out. Inventing Anna. Uh, that's the show starring our lady Ruth. I'm forgetting her name. Maybe you can do a quick Google search for I me. I got it. And then Pam and Tommy, which is a wild TV show that I tried to watch an episode of. And I was like, I don't think this is very good. <laughs> and then it got nominated for a limited series. So what do I know? Overstation 11, which again is wild. Oh yeah. Julia Garner. Yeah. By the way, she got cast as, did I tell you about this? Madonna mm-hmm. in a biopic? I did see that. I saw yeah. that on like an ad. Good um, for her. Over a lot of different famous people too. Okay, let's jump to the actors. Do you want to do lead actor in a is drama series? Is that happening? What? The Madonna movie? Yeah, it is. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. Uh, also, Amy Winehouse biopic was announced this morning. Do you know who's going to play Amy? The rumor is Lady Gaga. Wow. Yeah. Whoa. Yeah. Okay. Powerful cool. stuff. We we love Lady Star Gaga is born in this too. household. <laughs> All right. So yeah, but that that's my prediction. Uh, White Lotus. Yeah, I agree. Okay. Lead actor in a drama series jason bateman ozark brian cox succession lee jung jang squid game bob odenkirk better call saul adam scott severance and jeremy strong succession wow i felt like i was at the emmys i know they should hire (laughs) me all right so what is your prediction here I really want to see Jeremy Strong in succession. I think that the final episode, buzz cut, Jeremy Strong, buzz cut, Kendall crying. That's oh, man. no spoilers, but I mean, that's some good stuff, y'all. Uh, I, the hit pieces on Jeremy Strong, like leave my guy alone. Like if he wants to be meta and like try to act like he is becoming the person he is acting like, welcome to like acting. They're like 80% of actors are character <laughs> actors, like whatever, like they're all method. Okay. Um, not all of them. I'm just joking, but you guys get what I'm saying. Yeah. I never read that, that like hit piece. Um, it was ridiculous. Was, I, did it say he, he did anything problematic? Cause I didn't, they were kind of quoting him, but the ways that they quoted him implied that he was so self-serious that he was like just an incredible incredible like an ego oh, like annoying to to work with yeah and okay. then people had to come out and be like no he's actually a wonderful person to work with i think jessica chastain had to come out and talk about him it was just unfortunate that that even had to happen um so i would love to see jeremy strong win here uh lee jung jay from squid game i believe i'm pronouncing that correctly i apologize if i'm not i tried to look it up beforehand uh wonderful performance memorable performance i think both of those two could go to either one um, I think because I love Squid Game so much this season, I'll probably go with Lee instead of Jeremy. So I'm going to stick with Squid Game here with Lee. Okay. We I, we just have such similar taste maybe. Or maybe we're really predicting we're what, just the, the best yeah, uh, performances. <laughs> uh, so I feel like Jeremy Strong for the same reasons. And also just I've, I've loved Jeremy Strong since I first saw him as Vinny in the big, the short. big short, he yes. lives in my mind, chewing that gum, talking to Mark Baum, oh my God. Uh, Steve Carell, or go back to, to Ryan Gosling. Go back Jared. to sleep. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so good. The adults are talking. Yeah. And, and I think like from just from that moment, I was like, who is this? And then growing in my relationship to his acting through succession, yeah. I loved seeing him as Kendall and, and throughout, you know, season one and two. And I think, like you said, there's the emotions that I was, that I felt from him that, that really felt real. And like, a just, I don't know, an impressive performance. I do want to give it to Jeremy Strong. Well, Kendall quite literally is symbolizing like white guilt, like male white guilt, man, man white guilt specifically. And like, that's a really tough task. And he, he symbolizes it fairly well. Yeah. I think that. The interesting thing that you said when we watched season three 
uh, is that in season one and two, Kendall kind of felt like a different character. Like at the end of yeah. season two, we got this really big like punch. Um, again, Without don't want to spoil. It, yeah. Right. We got a big punch with the character. And then in season three, it seems like he kind of shifts into maybe someone who is like not competent. Yeah. I guess is that the best way to say it? Yeah. Like have you seen Taika Waititi from Free Guy, the way he plays a CEO tech giant kind of weirdly closely to that. And that kind of make me that made me uncomfortable, even though Jeremy Strong killed the performance. It just felt wrong. Yeah. And not that, you know, that comment wouldn't be something that would be in the world of succession or be like an interesting comment to make. It's yeah. just that that specific character line with Kendall from season one and season two, especially with the, the ending of season two, didn't feel like a through line in season three yeah or it didn't feel as believable where it took me out um i definitely think they could have added pieces of that because he definitely was like that in the beginning of season one um so maybe that kind of like personality court coming back as far as like how he feels uh i guess like leadership should be but ultimately it did feel kind of jarring i i agreed yeah. anyway though performance was great a lot of fun uh but ultimately i think i am going with uh lee zhang jang yeah from squid game. squid game yeah good choice all right lead actress in a drama series we have jody comer from killing eve also kels jody comers from the last duel one of the most underrated oh, yeah. movies of last year and performances the Go most underrated performance of last year laura lenny ozark Melanie Linsky, Yellow Jackets, incredible. Sandra Oh, Killing Eve, back again. Reese Witherspoon, The Morning Show. There's been some criticism there because a lot of people thought Jennifer Aniston should have got nominated hmm. because apparently she was very good this season. I don't watch The Morning Show. I watched the first, some of the first season, but then didn't come back. I like the one guy in it. I know that doesn't help. But I also forgot our Apple Plus password. Okay, <laughs> go on. <laughs> uh, full circle there. Uh, and then Zendaya and Euphoria. I mean, who doesn't love Zendaya? So like, I feel like, I'm I'm going to say Laura Lenny probably deserves it based on what I've watched here and her performance is like an iconic Darth Vader television performance. Yeah, on our pod, I'm I'm not even trying to plug here, but on our pod we really did have an interesting conversation about the Laura Lenny arc, how the character Wendy was per- perceived and talked about like in the show yeah. and I I agree, like a really interesting character that was written, but also her performance like really brought brought those kind of conflicts to life. Yeah, everything that was problematic about Amy Dunn in Gone Girl, played by Rosamund Pike wonderfully, everything that was problematic about that character and playing into stereotypes of women, into very sexist portrayals of women, like was maybe more contextualized in a very healthy or at least educational ways through Laura Linney's character in Ozark. So we thought like basically her Ozark character was like a better version of Amy Dunn from Gone Girl, or at least that's what I thought. Yeah. You can go listen to our Ozark pod. Yeah. We deep dive it. Yeah. Yeah. But I I do think it was interesting that people were saying like semi or direct sexist, you know, comments about Wendy's character. Yeah. She's Um, so cold. Yeah. But it's it's also tough because the writers wrote her into that box, which is what we talked about. You can just listen to the pod. Yeah. We'll move on. But I agree. I think Zendaya is going to win. Yeah. Uh, Zendaya is going to win. Laura Linney, I think deserves it. And I do want to shout out Melanie Linsky on yellow jackets. Most of the woman on that, every woman on that show was amazing, but the four, the four older women, but Melanie Linsky specifically stole the show. She kind of was the main character throughout. And I haven't seen killing Eve, but I would love to see Sandra O in anything. Yeah. Okay. You want to go lead actor? Okay. Yes. Lead actor in a comedy series, Donald Glover, Atlanta, Bill Hader, Barry, Nicholas Holt, the great Steve Martin, only murders in the building. Also, Martin Short. 
for only murders in the building. And Z- uh, Jason Sudeikis. Sudeikis. Sudeik- Sudeikis. <laughs> I always say his last name wrong. Ted Lasso. Sudeikis. So I really don't know what to do here because did Jason win last year? Uh, yes. For Ted Lasso? I believe, I believe he did. Okay. Um, I don't have a vote here because I haven't really seen any of these shows in depth. Like you've seen more of The Great than I have. I do like Nicholas Holt. Um, yeah. And if you haven't seen The Great, I, it was really fun and kind of like quirky. And uh, similar to weirdly, it gives me similar hacks vibes in that it felt very charming. And that's an interesting like yeah. way to put a TV show. That's that's what it felt like. And Nicholas Holt was a huge piece of that. And I loved it. I also didn't see the second season of The Great. So got to watch that. But I also don't have a take here either because I haven't seen enough of them. But based off of the coverage that I've seen, I feel like maybe we'll see Bill Hader come out with us. Yeah, that'd be nice. I mean, he obviously apparently had an amazing season three of Barry. I do want to shout out Lakeith Stanfield and Brian Tyree Henry because I have watched a little bit of Atlanta and they were amazing on that show. It is weird to me to see Donald Glover. I mean, because it's the lead. I understand that makes sense. But he seems like the he should be getting the nod for like the creator. So hopefully like someone like Bill Hader, who is kind of surprisingly coming out of nowhere with Barry and being up there in the upper echelon of a show like Atlanta that's already gotten a lot of love. Hopefully he can run away with this one. Um, But also love Donald Glover. Don't hate to see it. Yeah. Also, we have to watch Atlanta. And everyone in my life has told me to watch Atlanta. We're saving the show. So well, we're not saving it. We just haven't got around. I mean, yes, we were saving it. Like it, it kind of feels well, I feel like, like there are certain shows that we're like, okay, we know that we're going to to love this based off of what people have told us like yeah. that we need to watch. And so I'm I'm I, thinking like, okay, when we watch it, we'll definitely binge. Yeah, Atlanta is up there. I think there might be number one. Number two is Black Mirror. Like I just never I never watched Black Mirror. Yeah, but that was tough to binge because there's it's, every new show is a segment, like one uh, story in itself. Right. And I think three is like Sopranos or something. Anyways, this isn't good content. We okay. keep going. <laughs> All right. Uh, lead actress in a comedy series. Rachel Brosnan in The Marvelous Miss Maisel. She's great. Quinna Brunson, Abbott Elementary. Kaylee Kuko, The Flight Attendant. Elle Fanning, The Great. Issa Rae, Insecure. And Gene Smart, Hacks. Uh, Issa Rae kills her performance in Insecure. I think every season she's been in, that's been a fantastic show. Elle Fanning, big fan. Uh, 20th Century Woman, one of Kelsey's favorites. I love that movie as well. She kills that role. But in the great, in the few episodes I've seen her in, it's been amazing. Haven't seen Hacks. Kelsey said it's amazing from Gene Smart, the performance. Um, the Flight Attendant, not my thing. I understand why people like it. Quinta Brunson, even though I have my problems about Abbott Elementary, has blown up this year. And for you know justifiable reasons, she's obviously a star in terms of her writing style, her directing style, her acting. Everything about her screams like Hollywood. And she's already kind of selling herself a little bit. Like I heard her talking about how she'd be interested in like making a Marvel or Star Wars property. Nice. So she's doing a good job. It's kind of reminding me a little bit of the the Taika run up. Like I can kind of feel a Taika Watiti thing happening. And I wouldn't be surprised in three or four years if Quentin Brunson's name is on the front of a, a large IP poster. Yeah. And then Rachel Brosnan and marvelous Miss Maisel. She does a wonderful job in that TV show. So again, I think Kelsey would have the better thought here on who's going to win this one. Well, so, I mean, I have seen a little bit of flight attendant and I couldn't get into it. Uh, Jean smart. I thought was really great in hacks. She is Deborah Vance, uh, who is the like older comedian. Mm -hmm. And then, uh, with Issa Rae? No, I will. That that's my predicted winner. Oh, really? Uh, yeah, I think Issa Rae is gonna win because Insecure. It's the last season. 
Oh, I didn't know that. I think. Because yeah. we didn't catch the last season. We watched like seasons one through three, I think. Like, we got pretty far. We binged them at one point. Um, but I don't remember. Okay, that's a surprising until last yeah. season. So I, I think that she will will win. And also, I'm excited to keep watching. Yeah. Um, but also, I think I, I don't want to like repeat all your shout outs. But I agree. Like uh, Quinn Brunson was was great as Janine. And I didn't see Elle Fanning in great the, this current season, but loved her in the first one. Um, and also Marvelous Miss Maisel, that's like a, a really heavy, uh, heavily carried character uh, mm-hmm. performance. So it's cool that she's nominated. Rachel, I don't know how to say her last name, Bron- Bronson. Bronson. Yeah. Um, but I Brosnan. feel like she kind of like carries I'm that show. I'm saying it wrong. Brosnan, I think is Brosnan. how you say it. Yeah. Okay. But I feel like she carries that show. So, and that's really impressive. So a lot of really deserved nominations here, but I'm going to go with Issa Rae. Okay, cool. Lead actor. You want to go to this one? Limited series? Yes. Okay. Colin Firth staircase andrew garfield under the banner of heaven we've already said a lot about under the banner of heaven crisis of faith all right <laughs> oscar isaac <laughs> scenes from a marriage Depressing. michael keaton dope sick Himesh patel Himesh patel thanks i didn't want to mess up the pronunciation station 11 jeven okay uh sebastian stan pam and tommy okay this is, I'll tough. Let this you is a tough one go for this one so we haven't watched the staircase yet but it did look really interesting that's on hbo i already had it spoiled for me which is wait how kind of the reason that i (laughs) i just overheard a conversation that sucks yeah um who else was in that show again i forget who was the woman in that show uh colette oh yeah tony colette right yeah Mm -hmm. wow that's gonna be a fun watch um sebastian stan and pam and tommy i do like sebastian stan no thank you for that award uh himesh patel is like jaw-dropping in his performance in station 11 like he is incredible um i don't want to just shout out him though really quickly mackenzie davis and um i don't want to spoil it so i'm just going to say the person's name but it won't mean anything to anybody who hasn't seen it but if you've seen the show you know who i'm talking about um her name is oh wait i'm forgetting it now who who is oh matilda lawler okay so mackenzie davis and matilda lawler play a character play characters that are incredible um, but their performance gives the show a, a, a new weight because it feels like it, it turns into prestige TV just from their performances. But I do think Amesh Patel is deserving. Um, so just off the top, like he jumps out of the page here. Michael Keaton and Dopesick. It's cool he got nominated. Apparently the show isn't very good. I still have to check it out. Oscar Isaac, Scenes from a Marriage. That show seems like it broke him. So I'm just gonna, not going to say anything else about that. Andrew Garfield. I don't know anything about that show. Uh, it sounds like he had a rough time on it. Andrew Garfield, Under the Banner of Heaven. Weirdly, that show is not good because of Andrew Garfield. That show is good because of everything else going around the show. Like what? a show, it doesn't. My okay, sorry, maybe I did not say that in the the best way possible. The show does not center around Andrew Garfield's performance. It is a. It is not a driving force of it. Is my argument with Under the Banner of Heaven. It is the concept the crisis of faith, but also the crisis of this institution and this area that they live in without spoiling it. Crisis of faith, crisis (laughs) of institutions and detective work. And it's about the ensemble, right? I don't really see the show and the performance being led by Garfield. There are moments in which Garfield is out acted by multiple different characters in this show. And that isn't to his fault. I just think it's weird to say that under the banner of heaven, Andrew Garfield should win best lead actor of the show because then it frames the show as being good because Andrew Garfield. Does that make sense? Like we own this city. Yeah, but then more people will watch it. And also I feel like he's deserving. I don't know. I think Hmm. for me, it's Andrew Garfield or Himesh Patel, who I think is probably more deserving. 
for Jeevan's I think it's I think it's definitely Himesh Patel for Station Eleven. Yeah, so Jeevan is is my pick here. That's you too. Yes. Okay. Cool. All right. I think we have one more here. I just want to say something really quick though. At the end of Station Eleven, uh, there's a really great performance, and you you learn more about his character in like surprising ways that you that you wouldn't think. Okay, that sounds so generic. So I'll just stop my take. What's that guy's name? (laughs) Did you see his name? You can can look it up. Are you going to say the actor's name? No, no. I was talking about Himesh Patel. Oh, are you? Okay. Yeah. Like I feel like his, his character. Oh, the weight shifts at the end. There's a lot of like really interesting development in his character that I really loved. I understand. Yes. Uh, Yeah. It's hard. Again, hard not to, to, this is basically turning into a station 11 podcast. Um, that's what we should name it. Yeah, it's okay. hard not to spoil it. Also, so, just quick, his name is Nabhan Rizwan. He plays a character named Frank. Yes. In Station Eleven, there is a moment, a sequence that Frank has in this show that is the best scene of the year in television or cinematic 2022. Like, I think that should be an award in itself, the best scene of a show or whatever. Like, they should add that to the Oscars and the Emmys. And Frank, the character, and Nabhan kills that. All right. Let's go to the next category. Okay. We got lead actresses in a limited series or movie. Is that correct? Uh, well, I think TV movie. Oh, TV. Okay. Yeah. So we have Tony Collette, The Staircase, Julia Garner, Inventing Anna, Lily James, Pam and Tommy, Sarah Paulson, Impeachment, American and American Crime Story, Margaret Qualley. 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 Okay. Maid and Amanda, Amanda Seyfried, The Dropout. Seyfried. Yeah. Thank you. Um, um, I'm just like messing up all these pronunciations. It's okay. We've read like 70 names but already. I don't have any take here. I haven't seen a lot of the these shows. I know Made is really popular, and I, I had a lot of people tell me to go watch Made. Um, but I don't know. Do you have any? Do you have any takes? I, I feel like I'm gonna just take like a backseat on this one. I'm gonna go with. I wish it was Julia Garner for Ozark. I don't know if that would be... It's not a limited series, I guess. Ugh, that's tough. She's had a busy year. I'm going to go with Qualley, Margaret Qualley from Maid. I think that's how you say her name. Again, I apologize if it's not. But she's from... She was originally in Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, Kels. I think it's the woman who Brad Pitt picks up who needs a ride. Oh. If that sounds familiar. Okay. I believe that's who that is. But Maid, I've been recommended that show a few times. Apparently, it's amazing. We've not checked it out. But I've heard her performance in it is one of the reasons to go check it out. So I'm going to go with her as kind of the underdog here. And it would be interesting to see her her win this one. I do know Amanda Seyfried's gotten a lot of love in the dropout. And she recently had Mank in that performance. So like she's gotten a lot of love recently as well. So I wouldn't be surprised there. All right. I have no take. So, okay. Supporting actress in a drama series. Patricia Arquette severance julia garner ozark okay there's the there nom. it is uh do you know how to pronounce uh jung ho juan i think okay thank you squid game christina ricci or richie i think richie okay yellow we're jackets. showing our age here yeah uh sorry everyone <laughs> uh raya seahorn better call saul j smith cameron succession as jerry sarah snook succession and Sydney Sweeney in Euphoria. Oh my God, this is so hard. It's a stacked category, yeah. I don't, I don't even know where to go with this one. I feel like I'm just going to shout out names I like. Like Julia Garner and Ozark was amazing. Jung's character in Squid Game made me cry a few times. Christina Ricci is like straight up like terrifying in Yellow Jackets and I think could have a big role in season two. To the Yellow Jackets listeners, you <laughs> maybe know what that means. Uh, Jay Smith Cameron in Succession as Jerry is becoming more and more an interesting 
dynamic to the show that I was not expecting. Uh, and Sarah Snook, always fantastic. Sydney Sweeney, though, like I don't really like Euphoria that much, like we've already said and established, but she's gotten so much love. And she immediately, or her, her team or whatever, her family posted a video of her crying and finding out about her Emmy nomination. So I kind of think that this is like, you know, a moment for her. She just got cast in a new Marvel movie that's coming out. Like she's becoming incredibly famous very quickly. Yeah. And again, we haven't seen Euphoria, so we, I don't know her like character's arc, but uh, she does seem to, to be like a darling of social media. Yeah. Um, but all, I think... Almost to a weird extent. Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah. Like, it's interesting. And they've talked about this too. Yeah, there's been a lot of controversy around that. Yeah, I think though, I don't know if Sarah Snook um, was nominated before, but I do think that uh, Shiv's character is really interesting. And I and I think she does an amazing job in her performance of Shiv. Yeah. And maybe doesn't get enough credit when I talk to people about Succession. Again, I'm a huge Succession person. Ultimately, I think because Ozark had its last season and I really want Julia Garner to like get more roles that are interesting because I think Inventing Anna kind of had... I know that a lot of people really did enjoy it, but also didn't have a huge right? Like yeah. blow up, um, because the accent was a little tough. I, I want her to win for Ozark because I want her to, I want to see her in more things. Well, I guess she just got Madonna. But <laughs> yeah. I mean, people love her and I think she's already won an Emmy for Ozark. I believe I could be wrong. I know she's been nominated before season two, Julia Garner as Ruth is like, I, to me, iconic, like I've already established, but season four, she's like really hamming it up and I'm here for it. Don't get me wrong. I want her to take a thousand three pointers in one game. Like I'm, I'm pro. Um, but yeah, I'm a, I'm a stick with Sydney Sweeney here. Not because I want it, but a character that I do want it that I think deserves it from watching this all, most of these shows here. I do think squid game, Jung Ho Yan or Christina Ritchie from yellow jackets. I would want either of those. Um, that would be a lot of fun for them. Nice. Okay. okay. Supporting actor in a drama series. This will be fun. Greg the Egg, Nicholas Braun in Succession, <laughs> Billy Crudup, who I love, big Billy Crudup household here, The Morning Show, Kieran Culkin, Succession, Park Hae Su in Squid Game, Matthew McFadden, Tom, Succession, John Turturro in Severance, Christopher Walken, Severance. I did not know Christopher Walken was in Severance. I just thought the same thing. Wow. Hmm. Uh, oh Young Soo in Squid Game. Okay. I'm going to switch it up here. I'm going to go with Nicholas Braun in... Uh, no, that's wrong. I just really like him. I'm going to go with Matthew, Mc, Matthew McFadden as Tom in Succession. He's incredible. I don't want to spoil it. Like, just watch Succession. Yeah. Um, I have to, obviously, a lot of Succession love here. I love Tom. I love his performance here. Um, love uh, Nick Braun, Greg the Egg. Mm-hmm. But I, I already feel like he's very beloved. I think, like, Kieran Culkin does something here that is just like really impressive as far as playing a character that is like so grimy um, (laughs) and saying like these wild, just wild things. Um, And, and so I would, I mean, I would love to see any succession performance get, get the win here. Mm -hmm. Um, I do also want to give a shout out though uh, to Park Heso. And I mm-hmm. don't know if I'm pronouncing his name correctly, um, but a really like emotional uh, performance that made me like teary eyed um, at, at certain parts. And also, um, Oh Young Soo, uh, 
I also a really great performance too. So I feel like I, I can't really speak to the severance because one, I didn't know what Christopher Walken was in severance. Um, but also it's interesting to think about John, how John Totoro was in severance and the Batman this year. Yeah. Big That's year so for my guy. Wild playing two very different characters. Um, and B- Billy Crudup, um, again, I saw some of the morning show, but love, love him from like 20th century woman. Uh, ultimately I'm cool with any succession person here. But I would love to see Kieran Culkin come out with it. Yeah, I agree about your Parquet Souk take because his character juxtaposed to Ling Jung Jae's from the main lead act, the lead character in Squid Game, where it was really interesting. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, I, and I do think that he he kind of establishes the theme of it really well and acts it out really well. Um, okay, cool. I think I'm just going to stick with Matthew, Matthew McFadden. You got the next one. All right, supporting actress in a comedy series. Alex Bornstein, The Marvelous Miss Mabel, Maisel, <laughs> oops, Hannah Edinburgh Hacks, and I, again, I said her name wrong, I'm sure, uh, Janelle James, Abbott Elementary, Kate McKinnon, Saturday Night Live, which I didn't know they did nominations for Saturday Night Live, yeah, but it makes know. sense. It's like a TV series, I guess. Sarah Niles, or Niels, Ted Lasso, Cheryl Lee Ralph, Albert, Abbott Elementary. I'm like messing up even pronunciations of shows that I know. We're good. Juno Temple, Ted Lasso, and Hannah Waddingham, Ted Lasso. So I think for this... Really uh, creative with these nominations. Ted Lasso and Ted Lasso. (laughs) (laughs) Lots of Ted Lasso noms in these next two categories. I loved uh, Hannah as Ava in the show. And I, I was interesting that she is the supporting actress because I feel like both her and the the actor who plays Barbara uh, were both leads. So mm-hmm. I, I didn't even really think about it like while I was watching. Uh, or sorry, Deborah, Deborah, Jean Smart. And, but so, I mean, she does a great job, but ultimately there's going to be another season. Um, I don't know. I mean, I, I don't know if I see her winning, but I just want to give a shout out. And then uh, Janelle James as Ava is so good in Abbott Elementary. Just really great like comedy acting she's the principal right yeah yeah and then uh same with uh cheryl lee ralph who plays barbara in the show just a really funny like comedic timing as the kind of like the senior teacher um and just being really annoyed with the kind of like the new teacher energy (laughs) it's really good yeah i don't think janelle james Ava really exists in any school i've seen but there are a lot of cheryl lee Lee ralph's performance of barbara in schools which Ultimately, awesome. I haven't seen um, Ted Lasso again, but I feel like Kate McKinnon, I think, if I am correct, she's, she's done. leaving. She's done. Saturday Night Live. It so I think it award. might be a, a for sure goodbye award and very deserved. I love Kate McKinnon. So who's your choice here? Kate McKinnon. Okay, nice. <laughs> I'm going to go with Janelle James as Ava. I think that that is one of the most absurd, funny characters in the show. I think she kind of <laughs> becomes like one of the main reasons to watch toward the end of the season. Okay, last category here, and then we're going to finish up. Supporting actor in a comedy series, Anthony Kerrigan and Barry, Brett Goldstein, Ted Lasso. Also, uh, you'll be seeing Brett Goldstein on in the cinemas near you. No spoilers. You'll figure that out when you know. When you know, you know. Toheeb Jimmo, Ted Lasso. Nick Muhammad, Ted Lasso. <laughs> Tony Shalhoub, speaking of Monk, I can't believe we got a shout out to Tony in this pod. The Marvelous Mrs. Maisel. Tyler James Williams, Abbott Elementary, my guy, Gregory. Henry Winkler, Barry. Uh, We just saw Henry Winkler in a a movie recently. Don't want to spoil what that film is, but he plays a very disturbing character. Why wouldn't we spoil what the film is? I think it's... On the the count of three. 
Oh, okay. Not, not, I we're thought, not on the The movie's called On the Count of Three. <laughs> All right, On the Count like, of Three, one, two. <laughs> no, the movie's called On the Count of Three. Good film. Bowen Yang on Saturday Night Live. Uh, live. I'm going right. to go with Tyler James Williams here. I also, I mean, I haven't seen Harry Winkler and Barry. Um, maybe I would feel more partial because I, I love his like comedic performances. But yeah, I guess I'll, I'll go with Tyler James Williams too as Gregory because I, I feel like kind of similar to what you were saying before, uh, his comedic timing's really good, like dry humor. Yeah. And I really enjoyed it. But I also haven't seen Barry uh, or yeah, Ted Lasso. Ted Lasso enough, so I feel Barry's. like this is kind of me just giving that uh but also i want to give a shout out to bowen yang who stars in fire island on hulu oh. uh, which is kind of like a pride and prejudice rom-com um and it was it was a lot of fun it was like a very light movie so okay i I'll think i just i think I, yeah i did i just listened to him on a comedy actor roundtable for the hollywood reporter he was amazing and i was like i need to watch whatever this guy's in and i haven't seen any of his content i don't really watch snl so i need to go check out fire island Okay, that was it. Kels, any last thoughts on the Emmys this year? Are you excited? Yeah, I mean, I'm now excited to watch all of these. I cannot, you know, guarantee that with all the movies that we watch, we watch like a movie a day at least, and that we'll get all these watched before Emmy time comes around. Do you know when the actual award show is? It's in September, but to be real with you, like I do think the Emmys lost a little bit of credibility here. Like Station Eleven, Pachinko, We Own the City, Under the Banner of Heaven. These shows, even though we haven't seen Pachinko, people we trust love that show. Like we're going to watch that by the end of the year. Like these shows are incredible. The ones that we have seen that weren't really given a lot of love here. And when seeing shows like Ted Lasso get like two seasons in a row of like getting all these nominations is, is pretty wild. Like even if it is a good show, it's like we got to be like a little bit more diverse in, in allocating our votes. Um, obviously, Succession is well-deserved, but they've had three seasons of all these nominations. So again, it's kind of like, can we allocate these, some of these awards elsewhere? And I'm glad for things like Hacks or White Lotus that are more fresh TV shows or Only only Murders in the Building is another show like that. So I do, I do want the Emmys to kind of step it up a little bit with some of these prestige TV shows. It's kind of like, what are we doing y'all? Like station 11 was something that everybody loved in film and TV and critics and people who work in the industry alike. Yeah. And I feel like with the Emmys, they have a really interesting opportunity in that when you think about movies, I feel like I know movies that people have seen or maybe haven't seen, right? I have mm -hmm. a pretty clear read on what is popular or not with movies. Yeah. I don't feel the same way with TV shows. Like I don't know. I know that some people are talking about some TV shows, um, but I don't know if like people love like certain TV shows or not, if that makes sense, just because there's so many on so many streaming services. So I feel like the Emmys has like an opportunity to put a stamp on these because people don't really watch the Emmys or maybe even look at these nominations. Most people look at their social media feed and see who won the Emmys right. or like if someone got nominated. And so I wish that there was yeah more representation. So that way people would check out more more shows that we should be seeing like made more in the future well good point and ultimately there were 796 properties that could have been voted on so yeah nobody can check out 796 shows or tv movies or saturday night live or whatever it's ridiculous okay this has been a lot of fun just to remind everybody if you like what you hear please follow us on wherever you get your podcast if you don't mind giving us five stars on spotify or apple or give us a review of what your favorite show of 2022 has been so far please do we'd love to hear from you like kelsey said at the top 
We're trying to build a community here and anything, all those reviews, all that helps. Yeah. And go check out our Yellow Jackets pod or our Ozarks pod. Uh, those were our two like big TV show binges. Of Stranger the Things. And, and Stranger Things. Come on. We yeah. just hit four <laughs> hours. Yeah. And ultimately over this next week, we're going to be pretty busy too. We're going to have a bear podcast. I think that's one of the best TV shows this year. And we're going to have a lot to say about that. I used to work in the restaurant industry, so that's going to be a lot of fun to talk about. And we might have a surprise on that podcast. Wait and see for that one. And then we're also going to have a top 20 movies of 2022 coming soon. I'm really excited for that pod. I'm going to beat you in that. Okay, y'all. This has been Trey. <laughs> and this is Kelsey. Peace. Bye. Bye.